Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We have not recorded for a week and a half. We took a little bit of break from the cast, so I guess you could say we took a mini... Sapotical. Hey yo, hey yo. Not bad. Week and a half feels like longer in some way because I guess holidays, Christmas, and it just seems like there's a lot going on. It just it seems like it's it's been shorter than a week and a half. I don't know. With my new job, things go by seemingly instantaneously. So not at a glacial pace. Like, no. Okay. No. Right. No. It seems almost like yesterday. I wanted to do a shout out here to a new listener. You know who you are, the Cam Daddy. We have, we've got a new listener. I don't know who the Cam Daddy is, but I can only assume the Cam Daddy is a suave and sophisticated person that understands and, and appreciates a good podcast when he hears it. Well, he knows a good podcast when he hears it. That's why he's a listener. Okay. That's he, he listened to it for the first time a week ago, and he said he's hooked. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. Had uh, had this successful Christmas party at the Hotel de Greek uh, last Friday. A couple of the people that 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 uh, uh, were at the party are podcast listeners. They they know it was a fantastic time. Mm. I I, I, was, I imagine uh, I was groggy the next day, but yeah. sometimes when you're groggy the next day, it's perfectly worth it. Yes, and a- still didn't stop Mrs. Greek and I from going west westbound and finding it's a campground. And I can't think of the name of the top of my head, but they turned a campground into like a little mini Christmas village. So you park and you go in. There's there's places, little places to shop. They had awesome little boozy concoctions. Oh, okay. They had, I was gonna say this sounds like Big Hurts Hell, but they, they they they've brought modern day dudes, you know, Christmas dudes okay. into it. The best chicken wild rice soup I've literally ever had okay, wow. in my entire okay. life. And they had goulash, which is uh, I like know, goulash. Freaking love goulash. Yeah. That was fantastic. And then and then booze. They had they had booze. Um, and then I, I waited in line for about an hour and a half to get the mini Greeks in oh. to see to see Santa. So that was see Santa, yeah, that yeah. would that would definitely have been my hell. But that's stress as a parent because you don't know when you're going to get Santa scratched off the list. So it all of a sudden just kind of came about. So it was fantastic. It was a good Santa. Dude. Okay, good Santa. I'm just kind of trust you on that one. Yeah, that's the deal. Okay, so. We obviously don't have any live football contests to break down. We're a little bit before the Bulls, so we don't have any live football contests to to talk about pre either. So what we're going to do is basically go through a housekeeping type of podcast, and then we're going to have thoughts on the chatta, as my podcast partners say. There has been chatta of getting rid of divisions. We have some couple quick thoughts on that, um, and then a little bit on just bulls in general. A couple ideas we have. That's about it. I mean, just a couple housekeeping, couple topics, and that's that's about it. Yeah. So for housekeeping, we got some coaching stuff. We could we could start there. We've got just some kind of I don't know off color stuff. Yeah. We've got some. NFL updates, players leaving early. We've got TP updates. Where should we start? Go for it. You just start. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Okay, I'm just going to start it. Let's go with some coaching. And as I know, you're a big fan of Tom Fernelli. I'm also a big fan of Tom Fernelli. Have you been following him on the Twitters recently? 
Are you talking about when he, his breakdown of college hires? Yes. Yes. Aren't they fantastic? Funny. Yes. He's like, I really like this hire at XYZ University. I have no idea if it'll work out. Because it's positive to say, hey, that's a great hire. But to pretend that anybody knows <laughs> right. how this is going to shape out is preposterous. Right. So I, I like the disclaimer out there. I have no idea if any of these are going to work out. And it's funny because it literally applies for every single coaching hire that you can have across the board, yeah. let alone the ones we're going to discuss here. I mean, some of the ones that you just think are going to be absolute home runs. Well, there, they finally figured that one out. Doesn't work out. Correct. Right? And then... Wow, that guy's working there? Yes. Yeah, it happens. It you just happens. don't know. It's it's a combination of they caught lightning in a bottle or a combination of it's just been a disaster from the get-go. You just you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start with Nebraska. There's been a lot of action there. They hired a wide receivers coach. His name is Mickey Joseph from LSU. He's also the passing game coordinator and assistant head coach. This And by the way, at LSU, I think he was also – he yeah he was elevated to assistant head coach at LSU. Yep. So this seems like a pretty big hire to me. Uh, Nebraska fans are very happy about it. He's got Nebraska background so he's to him a, as well. He's a Nebraska alum. Yep. He he was at LSU for their national championship. That's nice. He's got it'll be rec- they're recruiting ties to down south. Yeah. This sounds like a, a home run to me. And by I, I, I'll by say, the way, I have no idea if it's going to work out. <laughs> I, and, and now of course we have to we have to take our our guesses, or we have to put some thought press to this of what we think about it. So now we're going to kind of almost break our own rule that we just set forth. Is that is that yes. fair? Okay. Um, Mickey Joseph, I totally get why he's uh, a, a hire that Nebraska fans were excited for. I kind of quiz some of our Nebraska followers. Like, okay. do you feel like maybe you're getting a little excited for, because mm-hmm. at the time it was just a wide receiver <laughs> hire. You know, right. they hadn't even had the OC hired yet. Um, he didn't exactly have a stellar career up to the last four or five years, which I don't think is unfair. And then very much had a lot of success um, with recruiting. Um, the question then would be, is, is is it going to be as easy to recruit well, four and five star wide receivers to Nebraska as it is to Louisiana State? The answer is no. But this it's interesting. So he, he was hired by Orgeron, right? That's one of those guys where I'm like, well, that's not going to work out. And look, national. He t- I mean, sure, he, he got fired, but he won a natty. That you have to consider that success. Yeah, him being out of a job is has nothing to do with his success on that right. job. And then I will say, I believe Justin Jefferson was like a three star recruit that got yeah. developed into a. a yeah, a, but there was. I, I think he was like rated as a different position or something like that. Okay. I there was a little more to that story. I know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that, I know everyone likes to say that he was a two star recruit or something like that. I think it was. That, that's okay. being a little deceitful. Devil's in the details yeah. with that one a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Mark Whipple, OC and quarterback coach, formerly at Pitt. Yeah, that Pitt was yeah, that, Very was, good last that, year. that was good. So he's he's been all over the place, this guy. Matt, Miami, Florida with Randy Shannon, maybe not the greatest staff to be on, but he's a lot of time in the NFL. Stillers, Eagles, Brownies, lots of QB experience. Yep. Old. So I think, again, on paper, looks pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. That is my take as well. My guess is a lot of Nebraska fans assume they would get the up-and-coming offensive coordinator that I'm making this up, but, you know, spent four years on an FCS staff and then four years on, like, a, you know, a SWAC staff and, and had a high-powered offense. But now that I think about it, 
Maybe the best thing that Scott Frost needs is an elder statesman, yeah. which is what Whipple is. I believe he's 64 I off don't, the top I of my head. I didn't get his I think, age. I think that's how old he is. So maybe what Nebraska fans, from what I had gleaned from Twitter, what they wanted the, the previous two, three weeks, actually the opposite of what they got is what is actually needed. A, a whisper in the ear to Scott Frost, you know, a guy that's been around both the NFL and college has gotten a lot of points of view. Yeah, and the the guy you described, this fictional character that you know was a wonder at the FCS and then came up to a G five, those guys flash out a lot of times. They too. Do. Like where you're like, oh, this guy's a star, and then all of a sudden, doesn't work happen out so there. much. Yeah, so maybe just someone more established is maybe this is the right move. I, I again do not know if that's going to work out. The one negative I would say is that his offense looked fantastic this year and a little bit last year, but it took him t- a year or two. To get mm. his offense up to speed. We may Can not he... have that kind of time. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting though. Okay. Moving on. Offensive line coach, Damian Riola from the Bears. Got Bears. hired off yep. of the Bears yep. staff. He was the Bears, I think, assistant offensive line coach. He's from Hawaii, played at Wisconsin. Uh, Notre Dame has some experience there. Aurora University in Aurora, Illinois. And Bears 2018 to 21. I don't know. Um, Underwhelming. I guess underwhelming, but it's not like he doesn't know how to play offensive line. Played offensive line at Wisconsin. Yeah. Brother played offensive line at Nebraska. You wonder if the, the ties there played into him getting an interview. He must have done well on the interview, but we have no idea how he is as a recruiter, so he's going to have to cut Good his point. teeth as a recruiter at the same time as being the guy completely in charge of an offensive line at a power five school. Um, even listened to Nebraska podcasts and, you know, putting an ear to, to Twitter. I think they kind of are, you know, a little on the fence to, to say at the very least on this hire. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, they haven't had great offensive line play. No. So maybe regardless of how good or bad he is, maybe it just goes up anyway. And if you ask Justin Fields, I mean, if you're going to go to a place to, you know, pull a great offensive mm, line play, boy, it would that's, be the Chicago Bears. That's a good point. Boy. And now the thing is that's interesting. He's only the assistant to the worst the offensive line Maybe in the NFL. he had a different voice that never got listened to. <laughs> and then the interesting thing about this, this might be the first of two times that the Eisen Big Podcast uh, breaks its arm, patting itself on the back. But we only have one position left to get hired. And we have a uh, running backs coach yeah. and a special teams coach yet to get hired. It is starting to smell suspiciously like we will not have a special team coach hired full time at the University of Nebraska, which I think is crazy. Okay. This is crazy. This is crazy. Okay. If you're going to choose a position coach that's going to double as special teams, I think it's probably the running backs coach. Okay, that's possible. Um, or you could have, crazy as it sounds, could you have Scott Frost coaching the running backs? Could he be the running backs coach? I mean, a lot of times head coaches. I don't think that's crazy at all. I don't think it's crazy at all. And then you can hire a special teams coach. The other side of it is uh, Mr. Brown was their running backs coach at the end of the year last year. You could hire him. And then essentially... You could have Chins coach the outside linebackers and then let your either inside or 
Chins could coach either the inside or outside linebackers and the and then let either your inside or outside linebacker coach go. So now your defensive coordinator could could double up. I think one of those okay. two things would happen, but it's going to have to because they can't just hire a running backs coach and then a special teams coach. That is literally mathematically okay. impossible. Well, from someone who has no idea if this is going to work out or not, my recommendation to Scott Frost Hire a special teams coach. If we have not made it abundantly clear up to this point and now on this podcast, please, Scott, for us, hire. <laughs> for for a the sake of coach. all of us, will you hire a special teams coach? Okay. Moving away from Nebraska up to Minneapolis, where we are right now in the Downstairs Athletic Club, Minnesota has some coaching news, too. They've extended defensive coordinator Joe Rossi through the end of 2024, which I think is a great he's thing. He's done to good do. work. No, he's done great work. He's done great work. Yeah, I mean, the second he took over from from Rob Smith, everything flipped. It was it was bad last year. Yeah, but that was bizarro. Whatever. Yeah. when he's been given you know yep. a, a, an appropriate runway length to develop his defense each year, it's looked pretty damn good. Two and a half years of excellent defensive coaching. Yep, good good move there by the Minnesota staff. They have also rehired. As an offensive coordinator, Kirk Shiraka. Yeah. Remember that name? Yeah. And remember I couldn't pronounce it? I nailed it. Shiraka. Right now, look at me. Yep, Shiraka. Kurt, Sh- Kirk Shiraka. <laughs> and then you screwed yourself up there a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, but how fortuitous, the timing here, right? It's pretty pretty impressive. Last year, he was a West Virginia offensive analyst, just hanging out there waiting for a job. And suddenly, I think maybe that had something to do. And he had a... He had a funny quote that said, you know, it's a pretty awesome job being the analyst because you can essentially be a part of the game plan. You're watching film. You're doing all that stuff. But when bleep hits the fan, they yell at somebody else. Right. Me, which I thought was a pretty good. <laughs> that is good. Quote. And then one thing I would like to bring out is, you know, uh, Rossi doubling back down. You know, he's going to be there for a while now, theoretically, at least a year or two, you would think. And then with Kirk Shiraka coming back, does that kind of – you know, throw a monkey wrench in the thought process of nobody likes to work for for PJ and, you know, people leave all the time. Like, you hear that a lot about about coaches working under PJ, but we got a guy that's... Okay. I don't see that. All right. I don't see that playing out. I mean, Mike Sanford couldn't have said enough good things about PJ when he came to work for him. It didn't work out. I don't think he wanted to leave. He got fired. Joe Rossi's been there a while. Uh I, They've got I, multiple go, guys on the staff that have been there. For going a while. back to Shiraka, him and Peach were together at Rutgers. I'm pretty sure quite some time. And so, it wasn't like Shiraka left, you know, burning the the place down as he walked out the door. He got an increase and to go to a more I'm sorry, but prestigious school yeah. at Penn State. You can't blame him for that. It didn't work out. He comes back. You know, good stuff. And, by the way, he was on his staff at Western Michigan too. That too. So he's been with them a long time. Yep. And I don't know. Yep. Doesn't seem like Rossi wants to go anywhere. Yep. I guess I would disagree with that take, whoever's, okay. whoever's having that take. Okay, moving on, Ohio State has hired Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. He was also at Western Michigan, Duke, and, of course, Oklahoma State, as I mentioned. If you look at what he did at Oklahoma State, yeah. they went his first year, they were 99th in Jim. points per game. His second year, they were 62nd. His third year, 33rd. Last year, they were 6th in the country in scoring defense. Insane. Wow. And that's in the that's at Oklahoma State slash Big Twelve. Now the Big Twelve 
the it, there's a lingering effect that people think that you know the Big Twelve just chucks the ball all around the the place and doesn't play defense. The the entire league has actually shifted to a more yeah. defensive thought process. Sure has. So, but with that being said, that still is taking a offensive minded program four years ago and turning it into a defensive minded program. He deserves a lot of credit for that. I will say it was weird watching Oklahoma State. Right. Last couple of years, this it's just feel, not. Yeah, this it's, doesn't feel natural. No, it doesn't feel like Oklahoma State. They're yeah. running the ball and playing defense. What's happening there? Um, now, the interesting thing about this is twofold to me, which is uh, that was four years. Okay, um, you don't get four years to do anything at no. Ohio State or right. those big programs like that. So. I wouldn't expect their defense to jump right into the top 20, but maybe if it can just be quite a bit better in year one and then get up yeah. to the top. Now you're going to have better athletes to uh, coach at, at Ohio State at, at at the Columbus OSU than you will at the Southern Bound OSU. So I think he can make that switch quicker to have the defense look better, but it'll be interesting. Is there somewhat of a, you know, a meld of, of the style of offenses in the Big 12 compared to the Big 10, and if it takes them a year or two to figure that well, out. Well, but I don't know. There's much that, Is there that much of a difference I don't anymore? Know. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't I know don't. that there is. And then the second thing I'd point out is the defensive coordinator that Ohio State fans had in mind to be their D.C. is now the head football coach at Notre Dame. That was essentially who Ohio State fans okay. you know, really had their eye on. But yeah. as, as far as a consolation prize... I think they did pretty well. Yeah, not too shabby. Okay, moving on to Penn State. They have hired, as their defensive coordinator, I don't know if you heard this, Manny Diaz, (laughs) formerly of Miami of Florida, not Ohio. Yeah, um, so... You have you have disliked Manny Diaz openly on this podcast. A little bit. Yeah, but But that was more when he was a part of the, the Miami fold, is that... That's Fair. part of it, and just him as a head coach, I don't know how much I'd trust. But if you go back through his career, I mean, he's he's done some great things, obviously mostly on the defensive side. But, like, he was at NC State, just on the staff, but really good defense there. Middle Tennessee State is where he really took off and made his name right. Then he went to Mississippi State. Texas was doing really good for a while at Texas. Uh-huh. Flamed out real quick, but then kind of rebounded and built himself back up and did a good job by the time he got back to – to Miami, uh, Florida, and then became the head coach. I just don't think he's head coach material at that level. So maybe he's just the prototypical needs to be a coordinator and not a head coach. So I think. you hope that's the case. Um, again, reading through the tea leaves of Twitter and like chat groups in Twitter that I get dragged into, uh, there are a lot of Miami Hurricane fans that believe he runs a defense that is easy for players to grasp onto okay. quickly so that you could see. I mean, it's not like Penn State was bad defensively. So you could see an immediate success, but that offensive coordinators around said league, wherever mm. he's in, actually can figure it out somewhat quickly Cut. and start Cut. picking it apart. Again, jilted Miami Hurricane fans are the source of this, but we'll see how that goes. Well, it only took opponents two weeks to figure out when he's at Temple. Yeah, well. That's- Boom. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. Now, I will say this about him. <laughs> He did create the turnover chain, which created all those other stupid yeah. turnover. You things. do got to give him credit for that. I'm not giving him credit for that. But I mean, that's he, innovative. He did it. I just right. it's it but, was it was fun for three minutes, right? But then it's like, okay, can we move on from this? And I, I think we don't. You don't see it as much anymore. They don't show it on TV that much. It's just lots. It's lost its appeal to the audience, and therefore ESPN or whoever selling the or showing the game. For me, it took three minutes. For most of the world, it took three years. 
Nobody's interesting. And then I think of Paul Crest, you know, hand over mouth, turnover <laughs> chain, chain my, my ass, ass, which is pretty funny. Um, um, the funny, the interesting thing about Manny Diaz too, from Miami to Penn State. You know, he's going to have more talent to work with, yeah. I believe, at Penn State than he did at Miami. So that's maybe something that could potentially bolster, bolster his defensive play calling even more. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's move on to a little... Let's just start with some Purdue news. How about okay, that? We can do that. We we all love David Bell, right? We all love George Karlaftis. Although can, we're you, not, can you define <laughs> right. love for David Bell? We love that they're not going to be back next year, but this we don't love. They will not be playing the bowl game. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I I, I totally get it, right? It's, oh, it's I understand. Not, I'm not blaming them. Um, I guess maybe that proves that I've come a, not full circle, maybe half circle. I've come like I would really hope you would play in a Rose Bowl, something more prestigious. Yet at the same time, if it was my ACL – or Achilles that was at risk playing in the, you know, RL carriers right. bowl. Like I, I understand that at that point you're like, I don't think it's worth it. He's done enough for the Purdue Boilermakers yeah. program. So I get it. Okay. But some good news, Aiden O'Connell will be returning next year. And you got to figure he's one of the small handful of names in the, in the t- discussion for best quarterback next year. The first and second team consensus all Big Ten quarterbacks are both going to be back that play at Ohio State and Purdue yeah. next year. So that's something. Yeah. Clifford. Huh? Is Clifford back? Clifford's back, too. Yeah. Yeah. We got some returning quarterbacks. I mean, I think that's your, probably your top three, just off the top of my head. Yeah, I would think so. Tanner Morgan's back, too. Tanner Morgan, that's I mean, a good point. We'll see about Tulia Tungavai. Oh, well. We'll see about so that. Maybe somebody knows something here. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. What else we got? Should How we, about some... Let's you let's stick just... on the quarterback. You want to go there now, or oh sure, what do you got? You, well, just the 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 quarterback TP market. We're gonna get there, right? Okay. You want to well, go now? So we, I've Is got that... some TPs for you. Okay. Actually, you've got it in front of you. You go with that one. Well, okay. So who's that? Who's that? Who's the coach of Ole Miss right now? Who's that crazy? Uh, that that's Lincoln? Baby Kiff. So he got a little bit of press yesterday or today. I can't keep shit straight. Um, where basically he's like, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what they, they, you know, in quotations, they were expecting, but what we have now, they are very influential. Yes, they are. Uh, but what, what we have, and I think he means coaches and program developers is we've got free agency. Now the numbers that are in the TP are even crazier than what me and you pontificated that they could be. Last summer, when the TP and and the NIL and all this stuff just got officially, you know, put out there, the quarterback list that we have in front of us right now, we we can't pretend to go through all of these. We're gonna try to hit the top ones and then yeah. the ones that have. I'll just throw a couple Big Ten yeah. ties, but it's crazy that's out there. Like I was gonna put a joke out on Twitter, like. Are there more talented quarterbacks in the transfer portal than there actually are in the NFL free agency right now? Because usually the top two quarterbacks, they I mean, teams do a good job of locking down their first and second team guy because they know if their starter goes down and they don't have a, a decent backup, they, yeah. they're absolutely screwed. Uh, but one which is both in the TP and has Big Ten ties that is very easy to talk about, and we I don't think we – I believe we failed to talk about it on previous podcasts – Formerly of Ohio State, formerly highest five-star recruit quarterback of all time. I'm joking, but very highest uh, 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 rated quarterback, Quinn Ewers, 
gone from Ohio State. Yeah. So he he went to Ohio State early. Early. Skipped a senior year. Got that NIL paycheck. Said thank you very much, Ryan Day and your staff. Portaled down back home to Texas, and now he is a Longhorn. I don't know what people thought this was going to look like, but brother, that's something right there. That's something. I mean, you look at their roster of quarterbacks. We'll get to another one here who's transferring as well from Ohio State. They they were loaded. He knew he wasn't going to play, certainly this year, but probably not next year, and he was going to have to wait in line. Was this all just a money grab? So that's the two f- frame of thoughts, right? Um, maybe one of them's a little bit glass half empty, one's glass half full. I don't know, but... Did he essentially think, I'm Quinn Ewers, I'm an amazing athlete, nobody's better than me. He might have. Got to Ohio State and was like, sweet baby Jesus, right. there is talent on this roster. Namely, the guy that was invited to the the actual downtown athletic club and realized he's only a freshman, it's going to be a year or two. The other side of it is, I know I'm going to Ohio State just to collect that check, grab that bag, and then go right back home and grab a whole new bag. Interesting. Which I, one do you think it is? I, hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the bag. The bag? Yeah. You're the bag, You're I think the bag guy? I think I'm a bag man. I would like to think he just had a gut feeling as a 17-year-old that was like, I think I Ohio State's the place for me. Ryan Day is very impressive. He got there and said, I, I've made a huge mistake. Okay. If he had gone through high school and then enrolled and next year did that, I would, I'd be on your side too. Okay. The fact that he's like, ooh, I'm I'm going to go up there. And he did cash in a big deal, mm-hmm. that we, at least one that we know of, instantly. Right. He did. Right. Why wouldn't I skip my senior year if I can, get paid, and then I can still go to a a blue blood in Texas. So I'm going to ask you two questions in succession. Are you a capitalist, sir? Yes. Do you blame him for what he did? No, I don't. In fact, I'm proud of him. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, okay. Cameron Ward, a name that I'll be honest with you, I wasn't even that familiar with, but um, is that that's Oregon State, correct? I believe. Where is he oh from? no, that's Louisville. the that's the no, that's no. the guy from Incarnate Word. That's Incarnate Word guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the Incarnate Word guy. So he is now rated as a because these ratings we have in front of us are so twenty new ratings. Yeah. They're essentially they have readjusted, and by they I mean the twenty four seven. This is twenty four. So this yeah. is twenty four seven. They now do a transfer rating. For, yes. For not all players, like but all the higher ranked players. So then they re rank them essentially. How where does this guy land? on a ranking system as a transfer. So that is what isn't maybe the most interesting to me is that Cameron Ward yeah. from Incarnate Word, Word is that ranked high. I mean, that's an FCS school, but yeah. they now see the talent that that got through the cracks of Division 1A recruiters years ago. He is now out there extremely interesting to and, me. And what's his ranking? What's the number? associated with this ranking 9.3 0.93 0.93 so that's by the way q newers is a perfect 1.0 yeah yeah he's that talented so the 9.3 is essentially a high four star okay that's a that's a big time recruit right there so he could go anywhere dylan gabriel left ucf he's now at ucla spencer rattler oklahoma a mercurial spencer rattler yeah fair to say that's fair he leaves oklahoma goes to SC. No, not that SC. No, sir. South Carolina. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I'm not sure what to think about that. I think that's interesting, too. Max Johnson, LSU to ATM. I have no idea. Keaton Slovis, 
who I saw not in person, but live in the bowl game versus Iowa two years ago. It's yeah. like five years ago. He came into that game and was dealing. Um, I believe he's a talented person. I guess the word on the street is shoulder injury has not looked mm. the same since then, okay. but he's on the market. Bo Nix, um, Auburn still doesn't have a home. Um, Bodacious Bo Nix. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Miles Brennan, LSU, highly rated prospect. I can't say that he's been fantastic no. at LSU. Uh, uh, Zach Calzada, ATM. Hey, he, bre- he beat Alabama, yes, I believe. Yes, he did. So he's got that on the resume. I'm um, just kind of going through here. Deuce Hogan has yeah. left the University of Iowa. He is rated as a three-star. So down from a four-star that he was before. Many different versions of of you know background of what Iowa fans think. Was it just a straight-up fight between the parents and the staff? Or was it he just got beat out? We don't know. There we'll was see how that works. Chatter. There was chatter. Jack Plummer, Purdue. Quarterback, he yep. is now considered a three-star quarterback. I feel like that's a solid quarterback that could go to a solid no program and do very well. I'm not saying he should be higher than a three-star, but with our knowledge of where what we've seen of him, I, th- I, th- I think that's a good quarterback in the portal. I mean, I don't know where he is, where what his ranking, what his three-star ranking is, but he's at least a three-star. I would think so. A proven quarterback that you know you can win with. I, I would take the guy. Another one that would fall right under that, Zach Anikstead, Yeah, who is considered a three-star, 0.81 rating for whatever that means. So that's like a low three-star. I tell you what, that I wanted Zach Anikstead at Illinois. Illinois got Tommy DeVito. I'm not overwhelmed by it. I'm not going to count him out. I have no idea if it's going to work, <laughs> but I wanted Anikstead. Mostly because we've seen him in person. Yeah, the, the arm is live. The swag is real. But we've also seen him in games and be successful with a really young team. Remember, he had not a whole lot around him when he was playing that first year before he got injured, and I was impressed with him. Uh, and he, Illinois recruited him the first time around. For sure. And um, an, an interesting thought process is could he move not very far southwest to Lincoln? We've got a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator that is – Moving away from yeah. more of the zone read option to let's bomb the, the 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 ball down the field and put pressure on the on the uh, yep. uh, outside parts of the defense. I can think of one quarterback that would do very well with that, and that is Zach Anikstead. Dude's got a hose. Is Taquan Roberson on there? Did you see him? I don't think he's on that list I sent you. Really? But yeah. Taquan Roberson, Penn yes, State. Penn he's, State. He, he was a big recruit, four star. But you know the Frenchman, uh, Christian Valu, yeah. kind of passed him on the the depth chart. <laughs> It's good to French. Uh, but I saw talent in him just in yeah, the half that he I know. played. Like he is, he he's very juice point oh to me. That's yeah. what he looks like. Very live arm. Give that guy a chance to develop somewhere. I thought he looked good to me as well. Here's a rating that I was surprised with. Jack Miller, a three star, they're calling him at, at 0.86. That's another Ohio State. Yeah transfer it's a high I don't three, know a higher three star but I felt so it's a higher three star. yeah it's a higher okay. three star but I felt like he was in the running somewhat late through spring and he camp. was so a, if, by the way that's another guy as Illinois I would have taken him in a heartbeat and I would think Nebraska fans and other fans around the Big Ten would take him in a heartbeat as well so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes and then the last one as far as Big Ten ties 
another Minnesota transfer, Jace, Jacob Clark. Yeah, that's right. I mean, right. he was yep. a big, I think fair to say big-time recruit. He was a four-star, at least in some some of the services. He was a four-star. And that guy's got a cannon, too, man. He does have a cannon. We saw yeah. him in person. Don't forget our Penix. Oh, gee. Well, two more. Uh, uh, Penix. Who, who so Michael Penix, by the way, who I you called? I called it. Yeah. He's going to Washington to, to go with reunite with Kalen DeBoer. You did call. It. Hey, Knox. Yep. Right yep. Boom. Uh, and another one too. Speaking of all the conversation about Nebraska, we've got okay. a Nebraska quarterback that is in the transfer portal. As oh, well, of course. Two a.m. Um, so the rumor with two a.m. is that he's going to Kansas State. He's got his main squeeze that's down yeah. there. Just a just a piece of advice. Don't 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 follow don't follow the tail. You know, no. you're you're wagging the tail, buddy. But anyways, that's just my <laughs> old person point of view. I hope he goes to. I thought, and, and I would think if he doesn't go to Kansas State, two a.m. I could see him fitting in the West Coast. That's where he grew up. But you know, so at the same time, again, I'm going to talk out of two sides of my mouth. Like, it's interesting to see where some of these quarterbacks land. Uh, the high name quarterbacks and then quarterbacks we have familiarity with, just because they're Big Ten guys. So. I, I hate to admit it. I find it interesting. I also find NFL free agency interesting, right? But at the same time, the trickle down, you know, issues of this is that it is very hard for high school senior quarterbacks right now to obtain a scholarship. You could go out to say yeah. it's as hard now for for senior quarterbacks to get scholarships because these coaches just like NFL teams, NFL teams taking a risk on a, uh, uh, a quarterback from the draft that is completely an unknown, which is very equal to what a recruit is. Whereas these coaches have actual game film at the division one level with some of these coaches. If they feel like they've got an inside track yeah. to get those quarterbacks, that's what they go after. But I can tell you this, there's going to be a lot in the next few years, a lot of FCS quarterbacks that blow up and then transfer up. Bingo. Yeah. You're going to have FCS quarterbacks blow up and I would say if I was a if I was a group of 5 program I would completely stay out of the of the transfer market unless there was just like a gem that wanted to come home to play at Bowling Green yep. because he literally has a sick grandma that lives in Bowling Green, okay? If you have something like that that's different, but if I was a Bowling Green or Miami of Ohio or or Louisiana Tech, you know, type of coach wouldn't you try to aim at those higher three-star, maybe, dare I say, lower four-star quarterbacks that aren't getting the scholarship offers to the big-time programs? Go after those guys. Sure. This might well, be somebody's got to go get, get them. them. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's something I find interesting. Okay, a couple more TPers real quick here. Ricky White, guy I really like, wide receiver from Michigan State. He's in the TP. I don't think we ever mentioned that yet. And then Tyron Tracy from Iowa just today committed to Purdue. Yes. Yeah. And then we immediately threw out in my Hawkeye text group what his over-under will be for catches, yards, and touchdowns when okay. he plays against Iowa. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll yeah. see. Um, hey, Tyron Tracy, great teammate, great dude from everything that I can uh, pull. Talented, a little bit of dropsies a little mm, bit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my guess is he'll have he'll have success. I think he'll have success at Purdue, and he'll drop some footballs at Purdue as well. Well, I'm not sure how long Brown will tolerate that. That's a good point. Yeah. His receivers typically have Velcro for a type of hands. They do. Yeah. Okay. Here's a couple quick ones. NFL announcements. Illinois safety. Kirby Joseph has declared for the draft. Yeah. That stings. That stings. 
Ouch. Ouch, babe. Iowa Riley Moss. There was a lot of uh, Hawkeye fans that were holding out hope that the Big Ten defensive back of the year would come back for a super senior year. He has committed to the senior bowl. He is gone. Okay. So that's a big one. And then another one I want to point out was Maryland tight end Chig Okonkwo. Yeah, it's and that's declared. a name we said quite a bit on this podcast. I love that guy. I And I, I loved him before this year, but he really broke out this year. And just watch him. He's an NFLer. He's Absolutely. got an NFL body. He's got NFL talent. I'm good luck. I'm looking forward to watching him in the NFL. Locks does a good job of recruiting the NFL yes. bodies. It's it's holding it's the holding the NFL that he bodies that he kind of has trouble. With. All right, this one's just kind of miscellaneous. Rutgers punter Adam Corsak. Nice. Yes, he won their team MVP award. Which, by the way, first of all, <laughs> this is the conference for that. I'm and I'm, this is the podcast. This is to the talk podcast about it. for yeah. that. I'm excited about this, but. They took a little ribbing, I think, as a program about this. But it, and what I would love to know is, I believe Greg Shiano is a guy that puts his ear to the ground and, and is very concerned about yes. the what people are thinking and talking about his program. Do you think he's like, listen, I know he actually won the vote to win this award. Do we have to literally think about changing the award? But then you look at the Rutgers offense. I got no clue no. who you would pick to be. There really wasn't one. You couldn't. I mean, maybe Bo Melton, but they just didn't have enough of a passing offense to really give it to him, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, maybe. And he was dinged up quite a bit, too, so I feel like that's part of it. Could have said Raekwon O'Neal, I suppose, but how often do you give it to an offensive tackle? Yeah. It's tough. Isaiah Pacheco, he just, nothing It's him. It just wasn't there this year. Agree. Like, so there's can, nothing individually against guys on the Rutgers offense other than they were in in a whole part of the Rutgers offense. And then the other side of it, the, maybe the message you're selling to your team is, if you do your job and you do it well, you will get recognition for it. We're not going to screw you just because you play in a position that doesn't typically get an award. So officially... Hats off to Graciano and the staff for for letting the the vote go. And heck, and if it's a team vote, which I'm assuming here, hats off to the to the uh, Rutgers sure. players for voting him. But what about Fadakasi? You could have given it to him. Yep. Julius Turner, Tyshawn Fogg, number of them. But so I, I want to relate my own story from this. It, it, when I was at Illinois, our, our punter I, for it seemed like the whole time. Maybe it wasn't the whole time. His name was Brett Larson. And he won the not the team MVP, he won the offensive MVP one year. And it was kind of the same situation where you get a lot of revving for it. But he was the best player on the offense. Yeah. There was no doubt about it. I haven't heard who uh, the offensive player of the year would be for Iowa, but I would think Tory Taylor is in the in position <laughs> should, for it. Yes, I think it'll be Charlie Jones, but I wouldn't. Oh, maybe Charlie. Yeah, okay. Either, but. All right, let's see. Moving on. Yeah, okay. So it, it is National Signing Day, early signing day, which, by the way, the NCAA is talking about doing away with that. Did you know that? Because it's yet another thing, the NCAA, and I don't even know where it came from because I have a hard time believing it came from coaches. But long story short, there was a groundswell in some capacity to say we should have this early signing Because they thought it was more fair for some reason for the athletes. I don't know why that is. And it comes to find out that, I think it's universally disliked. I mean, you have essentially ruined Christmas yeah, you for did. college football fans. Yeah, and I, I I like ruining Christmas, but this this is I'm th- this is not <laughs> actual Christmas. This is my Christmas. Yeah, and it's just not the same, right? I mean, it's still technically part of the season. We haven't played the bowl games yet. Think about the signing day before; is it was the bridge between the season 
and spring, right? So you kind of had this thing to look forward to. Nothing else was going on. It was perfect. And so they took it, it away. Why did we mess it up? I don't know. Yeah. It's never been the same. Because like you you can't even really you can't even really celebrate where your class is at because you could drop down 10 spots yeah. or raise 10 spots by signing three guys later on this year. And basically, right. Or next so, year, I should say. So then you'd hear about, oh, this team's ranked here, but then you know they've got like five open roster spots. So it's like all these rankings come out and everyone see, thinks they're set in stone and they're just not. Right. It's it's ruined it. Okay. So here is okay, this is my philosophy on stuff like this. Sometimes it's better to do nothing. Yep. Right? Oh, we got a problem. There was no problem, first of all. And they just start tinking around and they screw it up for people like me. So anyway, just wanted to mention that because we're not going to do recruiting now. Obviously, but that's an off-season thing. Just want to bring up that it was National Signing Day. Yes, we know about it. Speaking of, hmm, not Big Ten related, but nevertheless interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of the more interesting signing day stories this that I've that I've ever that I can remember. Okay, so the number one overall player in this class is a cornerback named Travis Hunter. He's from Sewanee, Georgia. He had been committed to Florida State since March of 2020. <laughs> he flipped today. Where did he go? Did he go to Alabama? Did he go to Georgia? No, he's going to Jackson State. Jackson State. That's right. FCS, Jackson State. Who's the head coach of Sign- Jackson State? Prime time. And where did prime time play his collegiate ball? Florida State. Gosh. If there isn't some storylines there. Like... There's got to be Florida State fans about our age, right? That remember prime time in his prime at and they've they've grown up loving prime time, but then he he pulls a fast one like this? Like, is there bad blood between Deion Sanders and Florida State that he would even do this? Or is Primetime just like, Primetime going to do what's good for Primetime? Yeah. And if he felt like he could get him. Now, do you have any kind of details on the NIL deal cuz no, I've heard no. All I've heard I've heard it, a million dollars. Okay, I haven't heard any specifics at all. I just heard rumblings. This has something to do with NIL, but but we don't know that. that okay. I think Feldman had said that. Bruce Feldman maybe said like just tweeted something out. Like sounds like probably an NIL thing. I don't know. And I then I heard one million dollars. Okay, one million dollars. Where did you hear that? By the way, uh, do you remember various parts of Twitter, which could obviously okay. It's on, it was on the a, Twitters. Yeah. But okay. so so anything confirmed? Absolutely not. But let's say it's half that. Let's say it's a five hundred thousand dollar deal, which is a lot higher than he got anywhere. Again, back to the capitalism forward approach. Yeah. I mean, I don't, well, I don't blame the guy. So he could go to Jacksonville State for two years, play some ball, and transfer back out. There's sure. nothing stopping him. Right. Uh, Cash you know. in. And then the other thing with primetime I think about is just. Awful, those awful uh, Geico is it Geico commercials oh, so with bad. him and Saban and Saban. Oh my God! Oh boy, they're bad. They're cringe. They're like, cringe. As they're, the kids say. they're very cringe. With here, the, let's see. With the duck. This is Adam Schefter. I just yeah. been. Oh no, that's not Adam Schefter. That's a fake Adam Schefter. I'm just I'm scrolling right <laughs> now trying to find yeah, something. Fake Adam <laughs> Anyways, like I can't find anything with money. Right. Um. And then you hear about the the. Uh, Again, I don't know if this is substantiated or not, but 
apparently each Texas offensive lineman that signs for the Texas Longhorns, I'm talking, not not the Houston Texans, that they get a $50,000 bonus every year that they're on the roster as an offensive lineman. Like, is this real? Is this real? I don't know. But even if, like, where there's smoke, there's fire, if, like, parts of this is real, okay. I feel like so. we're already accelerating down the path that me and Kurt, Kurt and I, the, the old angry guys shouting at the cloud we we warned and we talked about we're starting to starting to see it a little bit at least and i predicted this would just make the rich richer and the poor poorer and we're not really seeing that yet but it's that's we're going down that road seems like it seems like it i mean come on kansas isn't gonna pay each one of their offensive linemen 50 grand a year I, I, they they might be having a hard time scrounging up the scholarship money at this point. So okay, since we're talking a little bit about recruiting, just really quick, yep. Because this has been a hot topic, and it's a topic we've addressed many times. I'm going to read from number one. This is the recruiting rankings as of probably this morning. I don't may not be up to the minute, but from number one all the way to the bottom of the Big Ten right now. Okay. Do you know this? I have an idea. Yeah. Okay, number one: Ohio State. Two: Penn State. Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland at seven. What did you see there? Rutgers seems high. Nothing else stuck out to you? Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland. Those are your top seven. All in the east. They're all the east is one through seven. The west is eight through fourteen yeah, right now. That's a thing. And like I and I saw chatter on Twitter like Oh, see, they wow, should that, be realigning. That leads us right into our next It does. That's why I did it right yeah. now. But this is just one year, okay. first of all. Let's just I'll pump the brakes yeah. here. And the other thing I'd like to point out, and, and is it doesn't that include transfers in in all of these rankings, by the way. It doesn't include transfers, and I still contend we've said this multiple times on this podcast. Once you get by about, I would say spot four, maybe even spot three, the difference between the fifth ranked Big Ten class and the ninth ranked Big Ten class, I mean. I think that's you got to squint your eyes and say there, there really is hardly any difference between those. those right. And then, classes. and then sometimes there is a difference with like the 13 and 14 teams. Right. That type of deal. Yeah. Um, so this probably could be its own podcast in and of its own. And maybe we, you know, maybe we rediscover this in the off season at some point, but leading up to the big 10 championship. And then after the big 10 championship, the chatta of, of getting away from the divisions in the Big Ten was was so loud that it made me. It actually got me off of Twitter a little bit right mm. before and after the Big Ten championship with okay. Iowa playing Michigan. It 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 ruined Twitter for me a little bit. Um, I was invited into Ant Wright's uh, locker room talk. I don't know why to call it, but basically it's a conference call that he runs. Me and me and him were doing it, and we and callers were in. They were actually those Michigan fans were. Very respectful and awesome. We didn't really get into this topic that much, but those same fans are talking about, this is so stupid, get away from the divisions. And then I see some of the reasons they give, and maybe this gets into old person yelling at cloud stuff, but I think they're ridiculous, and I don't think they know, I don't believe they understand the hornet's nest that they are throwing their rock at well, if especially, they are a Michigan and Penn State fan. And, Michi- and a little bit with Michigan State. Yeah, especially if you're a Michigan. The last thing you want is to 
have to play them again. Okay, so what we are saying is, obviously, for the most part, fans in the East hate the divisions, and they talk about how shitty the Big Ten West is. They want to get away from it, okay? There's no argument from here that the Big Ten East historically is the stronger division. It was a lot stronger this year. There is no debate with that. The secondary part that Kurt and I are trying to say is the only fan base that I believe that should love if they get away yeah. from the divisions yes. is Ohio State. the Ohio State Buckeyes. There's no doubt about it. They, they want that. Believe. They should 100% want that because, and, and ironically, the first time I've ever heard Ohio State fans talking about wanting the divisions to go away was this year. Why? Yeah. Because they know they would have gotten a second crack Correct. at Michigan. Not only a second crack at Michigan, but a second crack at Michigan inside a dome environment Correct. with their pass-friendly offense. So if you're an Ohio State fan, I support you wholeheartedly that you want to get away yes. from the divisions. If you are Talking a to you, Mr. State, Ohio. Michigan or Michigan State fan that is asking for that, I'm sorry, respectfully, you don't know what the bleep you're talking about. No. Because you are almost, like if you look at the history of Ohio State, not just since divisions, the history of Ohio State being Ohio State in the Big Ten, it's going to be one of the top one or two teams in the conference almost every single year. So if you are if you do your job well enough to beat them in the quote-unquote regular season, you're just inviting trouble to play them again in the postseason. Hey, Michigan fans. Weren't you happy you finally did it? Go do it again next week. And then... Why should you have to do it I, twice? I just cannot fathom that Michigan fans are... Even after they got to the Big Ten Championship and won the Big Ten Championship, that they are opining for the end of divisions. The other side of this, which is, to me, as, as important, I don't want to be like the Big 12 where the what, what's is it bedlam oklahoma oklahoma state that's yep, what it's called right so we play bedlam the last week of the year yeah. and then multiple times we could see turnaround and then you play oklahoma oklahoma state again and this is why why am i watching the first game then is what that's what it comes to they, that now it's the nfl there's a reason i'm not as interested in the nfl because you know a lot of the games don't matter for anything they don't count so like, why am i why am i watching even if the bears beat you know, funny to think, but even if the Bears beat the Packers twice in the season, but the Bears go four and twelve and the Packers go twelve and four, who gives a blip? Yeah, who cares? So that's one side of it. The other side of it is you need to have that mantle for the whole year. Meaning whoever wins, like we just compared Oklahoma and Oklahoma State loosely to Michigan, Ohio State. That's a joke. Like Michigan, Ohio State is Arguably the greatest rivalry, not just in all of college football, in all of sports. And what you're saying is that the losing team gets a a second shot. That is disgusting. It's also disgusting for me to think that Michigan and Michigan State would play a second time. Yeah. Long story short, Michigan is tied. It's tethered to Ohio State and and Michigan State, or I should say, all three of those teams, you know, are are, are tied together. You're in the same division now. If you want to talk to me about Moving Penn State to the west I, and I'll Purdue listen, to the east. I'll listen to that conversation. Because now Purdue is tethered with Indiana. With Indiana, yeah. So that makes more sense to me. It, it does. Even out the divisions. But in any capacity where we could have a replay of Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, and quite honestly, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, yeah. Wisconsin, 
Iowa, Minnesota, I don't want any of that shit. Separate it out. Leave it how it is. It would be another example of a bunch of faceless but heavy-voiced fans thinking that this is what they want. And if that goes down, and you're a Michigan fan, and you get your wish, and it goes down, and you beat Ohio State the last week of the year, and then you get beat in the Big Ten Championship, you just forfeited your bitching license the whole freaking offseason yep. because you ask for this, you dumbass. And if you get it, deal with it. You and it's, Sorry, I got too it's, heated there. It's just so stupid. It's just a ca- another case of like the, the casual fan outnumbering the diehards like us, and then they get what they want. And right? I would just hope that in this case, the diehards are lined up with the decision makers that they wouldn't do that. The problem is... Kevin Warren doesn't have any idea of this yeah, he's, crap. He's, he's closer to the freaking faceless fans than he is me and you. Absolutely, he's clueless. He's still he's so still thinking about. Me, that's what makes me nervous. He's still thinking about what his next job is going to be. Okay. Uh, oh, so one point I wanted to make about championships. You know, the best way to decide a championship: round robin schedule, no championship game. Uh, okay. That's just the way. That's the best. That's the truest champion. Round oh you're talking during the regular season round robin the like the way yes. the Big Ten did it for briefly Pac-12 did it briefly right the Big Twelve could do it except they, they then they added in the Big Twelve championship right but the you Big have to could. you have to kick out a couple teams you can't play a round robin tournament in a three team non conference there's just not enough weeks to do it no I know you can't really do it anymore yeah. but what about this idea what about dynamic divisions like you change just shuffle divisions every five years still keep Michigan and Ohio State together because we do the protected rivalries right now and those cycle every six years right now so yeah each team has a quote-unquote protected rival like Illinois was Rutgers they were trying to do it like evenly matched teams but then this was a new thing I think like six years ago basically so they matched up crappy Illinois versus crappy Rutgers so made their schedule a little bit easier well now we cycle off Rutgers we go to Penn State so that's something that does cycle through every so often I guess I'm more open to that, but I still feel like we're back to very similar to what we have now, which is you need to keep Michigan and Ohio State tethered together and Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah, there wouldn't be a whole lot of movement. I don't think there would be hardly so any difference. So I think the solution, just to pacify all the fragile little people bitching, take Penn State, throw over them in the West, Purdue, pff, you're over in the East. That's it. That's I don't it. know what else to do. Yeah. That's it. Even it out a little bit that way. Um, anything more on that? Cause this can kind of fold into, no, that's it. Okay. Good job. Um, but then that feeds into the postseason. uh, bowl season is almost upon us right now. Um, so we have 42 bulls, I believe two teams per bowl. I believe that's how that works yes, out, which correct. means there are 84 teams playing in the quote unquote the postseason. Yep. Um, so out of 130, I did the math only 35% of the teams are actually staying home over the bulls. That makes me really depressed. Okay. Now I believe we're both going to firmly talk out of two sides of my mouth here. Correct. I don't know. Let's let's say it's kind of ridiculous. How many six and six teams are able to go bowling, feasting on FCS teams and lower level teams is how they get there. Right. Otherwise there wouldn't be enough teams to, to be able to figure this out. But I don't know. Is it, I don't know if it's ridiculous to have that many teams just play an extra game. My point is, like, it seems like the same people are saying, you know, just give shit away to people. We're basically doing that with bulls. And those same people are now bitching and saying, 
Well, it's so ridiculous. But, 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 but as long as the bowl is like, they, so it's, it's about money, most of them. I mean, some of them lose money, but as long as they're willing to put on the event, and let's say they lose a couple hundred grand, who, who cares? I, I just wish there was a world I lived in. It's like they're playing for the championship game in the in the Bahamas Bowl. Right. They, they're not in a championship. It's just an exhibition. That's all it is. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I wish my life was so gravy that one of the things that <laughs> pissed me off was that there was too many bowls. God damn, all these football games. So sick of them being on TV. You know, you can turn off the TV. God, or you can do what I'm going to do, which is gamble on every Every single one of them and have some fun with it. I do not like, like, so I understand that there's quote unquote Uh, too many bulls. I just don't understand why this could be something that would be such a burr in the saddle of so many college football fans. I know it's, it's, it's not only a burr, it's, it's like a bird in. Oh my gosh. I got to watch this stupid game. Yeah. You don't have to you watch really, it. You literally don't have you to. You don't. You could just tune off. Um, so then the last thing with the bowl. So we will we will do a full breakdown of Big Ten teams in the bowl games before, obviously. It could be broken up into two. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I mean, yeah, there's not, sure. I mean, there's only so many bulls, so we could break down every single one in one pod, no problem. Yeah, we'll yeah, think about. We'll it. We'll think about that. Um, but got, here was my last we got thing, like some travel to work around as well, stuff like that. So. Um, the one thing that I'd want to talk about, and I don't, I can't believe that I would be or we would be the first people to talk about this. With that being said, I still listen to a lot of college football play or college football podcasts. Excuse me, have not heard this topic come up. Haven't seen it come up on Twitter. But I just feel like we are missing out an opportunity to make the postseason much more clear and concise, which is doing everything through the conference championships, how it is. Yeah. You don't change it up. But this coming weekend, as we record this, it is the it is the December 15th, okay, Wednesday, December 15th. What if we had the two college football playoff games this mm. Saturday on the 18th? No bowl games up to that point. How about if the first two postseason games were the college football playoff games? You could have it at 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Saturday, something like that. I don't know. And think about this. Then it would roll into the the lower-level bowl games, and everyone would be all excited coming off of those two huge games. It would keep the momentum going. There's a momentum, baby. So there's, like, juice. You know, you get that little two-week... Sabbatical, 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 and then uh, then you get two weeks. The the teams get or the two teams that are playing in the championship they now get two weeks off after the semifinals, so that gives them a chance to heal back up again. We also get away from what they've been trying to pull off, which is having the games on New Year's Eve or New Year's <sighs> Day. But then you got the Rose Bowl problem. On New Year's Day, where the Rose Bowl, yeah. they're going to stay at 4 o'clock. That's what they do. I salute that. But then the New Year's Eve, like, you're trying to get an audience. Obviously, if people are diehard, they're not going to give two shits about going out for New Year's Eve. But you are hurting your viewership. Yeah, you are. There's no if doubt. you have these, these games on New Year's Eve. So, to me, you already kind of said it. 
first two bowl games out, the yeah. college football playoffs, roll into the lesser undercard Oh, bowls. everyone would be excited rolling yeah. into the Bahamas oh, Bowl. Oh, man, I can't believe Cincinnati hung with Alabama like yeah. that. That Michigan-Georgia game was amazing. Let's watch and that then the Carriers Bowl, baby. And then you roll in like, oh, that's right, we got Jeez. this game. And then you get up to the those bowls and then the Rose Bowl, and then you have the college football playoff championship Maybe that Monday, I don't know, but that you know, then that's the last bowl of the year. That's that it would have to be Monday because you can't mess with the almighty uh, NFL. But you yeah. could potentially have. Now think about this: if you only have the college football playoff championship on New Year's Day, you could have the Rose Bowl move it up a little to three o'clock. Sure. And then have the college football playoff championship at seven o'clock. You could still pull all of that. New Year's Day would get mm. its worth back because we would know we would be crowning the yes. national championship on New Year's Day. And as much as I hate it, boom, that's it. College football is over on New Year's Day, just as God intended intended it to be. God did intend that. So I assume I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm as, I'm assuming that January 10 is the championship game. It is, yes. Oh, that's way too late. And then it's like, oh, like even diehard college football fans like us were like, oh, that's right. Like the NFL playoffs yeah. have had rounds. Like it's just too far down, it's man. Way too we far. are overcomplicating this thing. We really are. This we could have had done it on the 18th and New Year's Day, nice and clean. Would have been gorgeous. Everything used to be on Jan 1. Like I said, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Or just a little tweak of what we have. We just like... I mean, back in the day, if you just kept it on Jan 1. Let's keep it on Jan 1. We could still do that, but with the tweak having the the college football playoff championship happening. So, all right. right, Did we bitch enough, you think? Did it? Do you think? Did you think we come off as bitching? Was that bitching or was? There's it, a lot of bitching. Yeah, we did bitch. I mean, I literally bit. in my notes put in this section, bitch. Yeah. You went like playoffs, <laughs> bitch. That's the only note I have. So you needed you you needed a, 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 a something to to get your brain going, and just the word yeah. bitch got it. Bitch is all I needed. I just it's. I just feel like we're right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Bitch about early signing day. <laughs> Is it, I feel like it's not as much, maybe is complaining a better way of bitching? Because like if you're bitching, you're just, you're just puking out emotion. But complaining, you come to the table with actual data Maybe we're, we might be complaining. I would like to think we're complaining more than bitching. It's a heavy dose of complain with like a a twist of bitch. A twist of of bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Probably a lot of our listeners can relate to that. I am Jeffrey the Green. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.